the only way I could get it out there was for me to walk the streets and hand the books out and say, can you just hold five? Can you hold 10? I remember going yeah. to Maya in Brisbane and said, can you just take 10? I'm going to be on Brisbane Extra. I just need 10 there. Will you take 10? <laughs> and I got on Brisbane Extra and the next day my book went to bestseller. 3,000 books were sold that day. Hey folks, Jason here, your host of the Wealth Faculty Podcast. And this week, we get a chance to sit down with a lady called Cindy Amira. Now, she's a nutritionist. That's what uh, her classical training is. And for the last 40-odd years, Cindy has systematically been doing some amazing things about educating the world about the importance of nutrition, building a business, building a company, and being passionate about uh, all of us, many of us, understanding the, the benefits of great nutrition for our body, our mind, our heart, and our spirit. Cindy's a best-selling author. Um, she wrote a book many years ago called Changing Habits, Changing Lives that became a bestseller around Australia and many sold many thousands of copies overseas and around the world. Uh, documentary maker, um, uh, What's With Wheat, um, and uh, she uh, founded a food company which has done extremely well, providing great quality nutrition, certain food types uh, for people uh, who want the best stuff when it comes to their energy and their nutrition and taking care of themselves. We got a chance to dive deep, not only about nutrition, but we talked about succeeding because this story is a great story about uh, a person with a passion to, to take a message to the world and and didn't know the exact steps to take, but went ahead and took them and the the pathway unfolded in front of her as she took action, believed, had faith uh, that she was on the right track with her purpose and being driven to communicate and teach this stuff around the world. Her and her partner have grown the business into a very valuable, many multi-million dollar value business and been able to fund a lifestyle and fun around the world. I think it's a great success story about building wealth from your passion and building wealth from your health and nutrition. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Cindy O'Meara this week on the podcast, The Wealth Faculty. Cindy O'Meara, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. I'm looking forward to it, Jason. Yes, absolutely. Uh, awesome to have you on. And uh, I don't know if you know the, the plain words, the Wealth Faculty um, we have at the podcast here is about two parts of that idea where the faculty of your own personal faculty, we're going to talk about some nutrition and health and wellness today. It's your passion, your purpose in life. And, and uh, I'm really looking forward to sinking our teeth into this discussion today. And I know a lot of my listeners uh, are very, very passionate about being well, as well as wealthy. And I think they go together really well. And on the other side of it is the the faculty members, the the people that you surround yourself with to, with to succeed in life, and um, and uh, I think uh, today's conversation is going to be a lot of fun. So uh, thank you for joining me. Thank yeah, you for coming and sharing a little bit of your wisdom with with my crew, my crowd. But for everyone listening in, um, can we can we go back to where this sort of passion sort of sprung for you? Because uh, I know it came from um, some uh, some pain some personal pain history and now you have a passion to educate into the future but can you take us back in a bit of a time machine and give us a little snapshot of where it started 
Well, before the pain started, I loved skiing. <laughs> <laughs> We're going so, back there, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I was an avid snow skier. And um, as soon as I finished school, I went to uh, Falls Creek and I did the season there. Um, I worked for an incredible family. She was very much into health foods. So I got a taste of health there. Like my mum was always the best cook in town. Um, yeah. We always ate everything from scratch, but that was what I was brought up with. And I didn't know that there was anything didn't know any out different. there. So then I went to Falls Creek and, and spent the season skiing. I skied every day of that season. Not one did I miss. It didn't matter if it rained, hailed, snowed, wind, anything, I skied. Awesome. So I thought I was wasting my life. So I thought I better go to uni, um, but I wanted to ski at the same time. And in Australia, you can't do that. So I flew to America. I had $7,000 and I was going to go to university and ski my, my, my knees crazy. Um, and I went to the University of Colorado. The closest ski resort was 20 minutes away. And being an Aussie back in the 80s, this is the early 80s, 1980 yes. actually, being an Aussie back then, you were a, a weird one. Like, do you have cars? Um, do you have electricity? Do you have kangaroos as a pet? You know, do you have a toaster? <laughs> and do you speak English? You know, so I was actually um, asked to every ski resort in Colorado. So I went to Aspen and Vail and Breckenridge and Winter Park and Telluride and had the best time. But what happened in that year is that I did pre-med. And while I was doing pre-med, I had a, an incredible uh, teacher whose name was Professor Van Gerven, Dennis Van Gerven. I've actually um, just recently made um, contact with him, telling him, you know, I'm thanking him for what he did for me. But um, he did anthropology and cultural anthropology. And it was that year of understanding the evolution of humans and the cultural benefits of the, what we did in order to survive. I thought, oh, I'll be a dietitian. So I flew back to Australia after two years in the US and finished my Bachelor of Science majoring in nutrition at Deakin University and was about to go and do my diploma in dietetics and thought, oh, this is the biggest BS I've ever seen. Why would I be telling people to eat margarine when that was not in our culture and our history and our evolution? It was butter. Um, and why would I say low fat when we ate fatty animals? And why would I say vegetarian when we were meat eaters? And, you know, and so this was... Back in 1980, you know, 384, I'm like going nuts. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. So I thought, you know, as a 24 year old, you're not thinking you can go against the grain per se. So I went yeah, back to yeah. university. I did two more years of human anatomy, uh, pathology, every ology you can think of, I did. And at the end of it, I went, I know what the world needs. It needs the nutrition that we've lived with and had to live with and survived on and the culture we survived on. And that's real foods, not margarine, not low fat, not um, modified milks, not um, all these artificial sweeteners and everything that, that was being you know, talked about. So um, I started consulting as a nutritionist and it was at this stage that all my uncles um, who had hemophilia were diagnosed with um, HIV. So they were diagnosed in the early 80s with HIV because they were given tainted um, drugs. Um, and then, of course, they got AIDS. But looking back at it, what killed them was not the disease or the virus. It was the treatment. And the treatment at mm. that time was AZT, which was a chemotherapy treatment. So I watched them die um, 
helplessly we watched them and only one chose to do chiropractic nutrition he was the most positive uncle his wife died by the way of aids or azt um, and he was on Oprah, he traveled the country telling people that you've been misinformed about HIV and AIDS. And, um, and eventually he tried an experimental drug. He refused to take AZT, he refused to die of, of AIDS or HIV. Um, and he took an experimental drug and he died of a liver cancer. Um, you know, I, I look back at that and I realized that if they had done nutrition and, the, and the, they'd done the right things, that it would have been a lot different. Their life would have been, well, their death would not have occurred so quickly. But we weren't thinking of things like that back then in the 80s. You know, I, I didn't have as a 20 year old and in, in my young 20s, I didn't yeah. have that um, gumption to say, hey, this is what you should be doing. Then, um, my mom, who was the oldest of all of those, I think grief became a big thing for her, but she hid it very well. We, I would call her the Stepford mum. She was the Stepford mum, the Stepford wife, the Stepford, you know, daughter, the Stepford everything. She was so strong and stoic and yeah. um, she got lung cancer. She was diagnosed with lung cancer and died very quickly. My sister was diagnosed back in um, the 80s with a disease called CRESS, which was an acronym for five diseases. Um, and she passed away just after my mum. So they passed away within five months of each other. And in that period of time, I lost my grandmother. Um, the first thing that happened, the dog died. And then my grandma got a, had a stroke and she died. And then um, Steve Irwin um, passed away. And Steve was a really good friend of ours. And then a month later, my mum died. And then my girlfriend died of cancer. Um, she rang me you know, early January and said, I don't know if I'm going to make this. And anyway, she passed away in the February and then my sister died in the March. So it was this 12 months of just boom, 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 boom. And then a couple of months later, my mother-in-law died. But I look back with my understanding of what I know right now, and I know what killed my mother and my sister. I, I know that they're being a, um, sprayed with DDT. Um, my mum was sprayed with arsenic and lead. That whole time from the day, the year my mum was born, right through to the day she left America, she would have been, because she was from uh, um, Iowa and that was corn farming country and my grandfather was a corn farmer. She yeah. would have been sprayed heavily with these drugs. So I guess you know, my fight against glyphosate, because it's just taken on where DDT dropped off. Um, the understanding of now what happened to them um, and the knowledge I have from that 15 years ago is, is like, I could have maybe helped them. I may be mm -hmm. able to help them when I understood all this, but I didn't, I didn't know this stuff then. So what I do now is I just look towards the future. I look towards my grandchildren. I have two grandchildren arriving and, you know, that's my future now is it's like, I can't do anything about my past. They taught me so much. Now I have my future. You know, I have my, yeah. um, I have two of my children having children this year. So it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and those gifts while painful, you know, maybe, uh, for all of us, we, we need to repurpose into something meaningful for our future, like you're doing now with your grandkids. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I reading on, on your website, which is, you know, I think why you and I get on so well, our, our core essence is educating um, something that we both believe is important, you know, in our worlds. And, you know, your, your revolution, our nutrition revolution, you know, um, 
uh, worldwide now you're sending that message, which is super awesome and super amazing. Um, but it started when you wrote when you wrote your first book, really. I mean, really, that's where kind of you decided, okay, well, uh, you know, maybe I can reach more than just one-on-one here. You, you decided in your spare time, you'd write a book about this thing, yeah? Yeah. I think the most important thing is I wanted to educate myself first. That's mm. why I was at university for six years. Um, that's why I was a, I read a lot of books. I, I look behind you and I'm like going, ooh, what books has he got <laughs> that books, I can read? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like if I was in my office, you would just see a whole bookshelf of, of, of books. But um, I, I just had a thirst for education. And so the first thing, it was about educating myself and understanding um, what... I needed to um, learn to be the best version of myself. And then of course, getting pregnant, the same thing. I thought, you know, what about this pregnancy? What are the questions I need to ask? What do I know? Um, what's Kanakian? What's vitamin K? What? Why are you doing that? You know, so my, I'm a very um, inquisitive person. I wanna mm. know everything. I wanna know why you do that. Is there a reason? And if there isn't a reason, then let me find out, is there a reason not to do it? So yeah. that's where it all happened. It was just about me. And then I started writing for the paper. So I was at home with children. I had a brain, I'd had university. I thought I have to do something more than just be a mum. I love being mum and I didn't wanna leave the home, but what yeah. could I do when they were asleep? Well, what could I do at 4.30 in the morning when I woke up? And um, you know, could create something. So I wrote the paper for two years and I wrote a hundred articles and um, we got sued by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> we got sued. Um, Marjorie didn't like what I had to say about them. And in the end, the it paper was, pro it was probably truthful. That's why. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. truthful. <laughs> in the end, um, the paper did a one page um, spread on the benefits of margarine as per what they say. Um, and then the last article I wrote was on artificial sweeteners and my editor just said, look, you know what, if I print this, we will get sued by the largest um, soft drink company in the world. And I went, you know what, if you're not prepared to write the truth, I'm not prepared to write for you anymore. Yeah. So I, I left. And, but then I saw a hundred articles and I went, there's a book in this. So I just put the hundred articles together, sent it off to publishers. Nobody wanted it. It was too controversial because, you know, I was talking about breakfast cereals are bad and, you know, you eat weighing too much wheat and you're doing this and you're doing that. So I basically just um, uh, had to publish it myself. So in 1998, I self-published it. And um, I'll, I'll never forget, um, the only way I could get it out there was for me to walk the streets and hand the books out and say, can you just hold five? Can you hold 10? I remember going yeah. to Maya in Brisbane and said, can you just take 10? I'm going to be on Brisbane Extra. I just need 10 there. Will you take 10? <laughs> and I got on Brisbane Extra and the next day my book went to bestseller. 3,000 books were sold that day. Um, I had to get it to them. So I had 10 in Brisbane in um, Maya and by nine o'clock the phone was ringing saying, can you get 20 books to you know, each of our stores, 40 books to each of our stores, 50 books to each of our stores. And by the time I got to each of the stores, there were 200 books going to all the stores. And yeah, that's, that's, so it was about educating myself and then I'm um, doing the best for my kids and then writing about it. And then the book came out and, and now it's, oh, I don't even know how many copies it sold. I've got no idea anymore. Taken <laughs> on a life of its own. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like a, you know, a wonderful thing, you know, for those listening in right now, you know, often, uh, you know, I, I get to coach people as you do too. And, and sometimes there's this, uh, I believe a miss, 
understanding about um, you know how 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 long things can take, um, but also how quickly when they do take they take off as well, and sort of you know the idea that uh, don't give up just before you know the sun rises in 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 what you believe and the passion and uh, and the purpose you believe you're here for, and you know and uh, sounds like that's uh, exactly what you did. Uh, a little birdie told me you were. Uh, putting on a, a different voice and calling Myra and going, oh, this book's amazing. You should get it in and stuff like that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, I did some fun things. I, I was a one-man show. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and, and really at the end of the day, you know, um, it, it, it just shows if you have a belief in something. I love the idea that, that you educated yourself before you chose to educate others as well because, you know, I think often uh, for me, you know, one of the, one of the maybe um, – uh, weaknesses in social media these days is you can you can educate um, without being educated or you can think you're educating and you haven't really got a level of capacity to uh, share those things but let's not go down that funnel today I think we'd end up <laughs> talking pretty differently but uh, you know you, your book kicked off things for you guys and and you were telling me that uh, you guys um, traveled the world promoting the book and promoting a cookbook that you had sort of what a, almost a, a decade of fun and traveling and, and frivolity in, in that space? Traveled the world and had a good time. Yes. <laughs> that, was, that was all my, that was my brother's motto, but we traveled Australia and had a good time. We also traveled the world. Like we took our kids overseas. And so whenever I'd go overseas, I would always um, have a talk. I would do a talk in a library in Park City or Jackson Hole or Breckenridge because we skied. You can tell, can't you? Yes, yes. I'm getting the theme. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's all about <laughs> skiing and hiking. That That's all I, I work for. Um, but we did Australia for two years. And so at that stage, um, my husband and I would do manifesting. So we would write the things down that we wanted and put pictures up and be grateful for what we had, you know, doing the 10 steps to manifesting. We would do all of that. And I remember in 1992, we wrote down that we would travel Australia. Um, we would take two years off and travel Australia. And we put the date, and it was January the 1st, 2000. And my kids were in private school. I had thousands of books in my um, garage because that was 1998. Remember, I've got two years until 2000. Um, yeah. I had, you know, in my garage I had thousands of books. How could I carry thousands of books on a, <laughs> anyway, my husband had an incredible practice as a chiropractor. Everything was doing really well. And the, the world, when you tell it what you want, will conspire with you to get what you want. So in the June of 1999, if you'd said to me, Cindy, you're ready to go around Australia. You've only got six months. I would have said, nah, my kids are in private school. I got the best house. I'm on the water. My husband's got a great practice. I got a thousand books. I got things to do. No, it ain't going to happen. But the world conspired. First As the of universe all, does. <laughs> yeah, it conspired to make sure that we went. So first thing that happened is my girlfriend took her kids out of school and found an incredible homeschooling program. And I heard nothing much more about it when we walked every morning but that. That was the first thing that happened. My husband's walking along the beach with a chiropractor who's with another chiropractor who's just been traveling around Australia. They've got a bus for sale. We bought that bus. <laughs> um, somebody out of the blue rings my husband and says, we want to practice in Mooloolaba, do you want to sell? We sold that practice. Um, we had a South African family that was going to the same school as the kids who needed a place to stay. They had five kids. We had a six bedroom home. We went, we'll rent you ours. So we rent the house. 
And then Penguin, out of the blue, calls me and says, we really like what you've done because I'd sold 14,000 books in Southeast Queensland by myself, basically. Wow. And obviously they saw the sales. So they rang me up and said, we'd like to take you on. They became my publisher for 17 years. And there you go. We took off. We went and we had, um, we traveled Australia and had a good time. Um, And every, every town that I went to, I would set up a talk. Um, I would always have books in the bottom of the bus and I would set up a talk, do the talk, um, sell the books. And we'd walk out of town with more money than we walked into it. And we just did that all the way around Australia until we got to Exmouth. And there's not a lot of people in Exmouth, I can tell you that now. I've been there, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and from Exmouth basically to Darwin, there's not many humans. Oh. And um, what was incredible is that um, we met a, a family and I said, how are you traveling? You know, how do you, how do you survive? And they went, oh, well, we get family payment. I went, what's family payment? So they back paid me $14,000 later. I went to Howie, beauty, what are we doing now? (laughs) (laughs) So 14,000 is 14 weeks for us. It was a thousand dollars a week that we spent on food, petrol, fun, play, whatever it was. Um, Yeah, so we had that till we got to Darwin and then I started speaking again and we went over to Bali um, saw Asia. I, I just, it was just um, an incredible time. It was just what really, a ride. Yeah. 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 I bet, uh, I bet your kids look back on that fondly. I, I know a fair few people who've, who've traveled with their parents like that. And, and we did that with our kids um, earlier in, in uh, when they, before they went to school too. And, and they even remember it, even though they were only sort of four, five and six, they remember it to this day, you know, 18 and 17 now and, and, and 12 and yeah, it's, uh, it's an amazing place, Australia. I, I love the idea of travelling the country if you ever get a chance, that's for sure. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I think everybody should do it. Like, yeah. well, People should point, make some time to go and see outside their backyard. Um, and their backyard might be Melbourne or Sydney or whatever, but Australia's incredible. Like if I get stuck here and I can't go anywhere else because of all the crap that's going on at the moment, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's, yeah, that's one of the gifts. I think, uh, you know, that maybe for many people, COVID is a bit of a gift in, in some ways for that sort of thing, you know, maybe looking to Bali or somewhere else for, for some fun, look, look closer to home and have a look at what we have. Um, it's never been more apparent, I think, than right now that Australia is an amazing place to live for all sorts of awesome reasons and, and such a beautiful country to travel and, and visit and, and, and enjoy as well. So, you know, for those sitting there right now, get out and do it. Yeah. yeah, we've got deserts, we've got mountains, we've got the Barrier Reef, we've got islands, we've got gorges. Oh, my gosh. Like some of the gorges you find in Western Australia. And we have everything. And I yeah. think it's I think we can keep our tourism going by looking in our own backyard and, um and for those tour operators, I'm here to support you. I'll, I'm going to spend my money with you. <laughs> We're coming traveling. Exactly. We're coming. Yeah. I love it. Well, you know, uh, when you guys were traveling around together, you know, um, uh, did part of, you know, kicking off maybe something more than just the book and the, the um, you know, the recipe book start to brew for you guys? How did, you know, you guys turning, you know, buying some land, creating some, products and becoming turning it into you know let's say not a not a a fun business which is kind of let's travel around and sell books and have a great time but sort of a a real business where where did that come from for you guys was that part of that 
evolution for you, that revolution, it had to go bigger, further, you know, much more impactful? You know, I was happy booking a cookbook. Um, I was making, you know, enough money and being a mother, you know. Mm. And my husband was a chiropractor, so he was, we were financially doing really well. We had bought a lot of real estate um, early on in the early 90s and we had collected it quite nicely and done very well (laughs) with it. (laughs) And, and, you know, and we we still have that. We still really enjoy um, looking at real estate and, um, and I think it was you or somebody said we have very lazy real estate because we like to play <laughs> yeah, real estate. Lazy equity in there, mate. Yeah, we'll get that working. <laughs> we do have lazy real estate. We have like real estate in the mountains and we have real estate um, on a farm and we have real estate. So it, it was just something that um, really helped us along as well as, you know, what we were doing. And somebody said to my husband one day, um, do you realise the money that is in your um, wife's business? No, Howie... Um, is very about budgets and finances. You know, look, I'm about play and having fun. So he, someone has to be the budgeter. So Bit of the yin about, and the yang. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yep. very much. So I just want to go out and have fun. And if I make money, great. That's great. If I don't, I don't. I don't care. But he's the man that, you know, understands that we need money to live, Cindy. Um, <laughs> anyway, somebody said, do you realise the money that's in your wife's business? It could be quite extraordinary. And um, it was a chiropractor. It was another chiropractor that said it. Um, and um, I'm just trying to think of his name. I can't. He's near where Marcus lives. I know that much. And it'll it'll like, come to you there. once we finish the once we finish the chat. It'll like ping, Jason. <laughs> I will get his name. Anyway, he um, said this to my husband, and so we had a session with him, and then we employed a business coach. And with that business coach, um, we saw him weekly. He kept me accountable that I just had to do one thing a week. And so I had to write a program that we sold online. Um, And then one day we're in our meeting, like six months after we'd started with our business coach, which was Action um, Coach, um, part of the Action Coach group. So we're with him and my husband says to me, oh, how many people ask you about that bloody salt chapter? So there's a chapter in the book about salt and it's about what's wrong with refined salt with, you know, anti-caking agents and free-flowing agents and potassium iodate. What's wrong, you know, what's wrong with that compared to what should you be eating? So, you know, my my husband said, you know, how many people ask you about that? And I I said to him, you know, probably every time I speak, five people will come up because I always talk about it. And I'll always get at least five emails a week about the salt. How do I make up that salt you talk about, Cindy? So he said, why don't we make it up for them? I went, Oh, that's a good idea. So we found a local that was importing salt. We found where we could get some dulse, which is a seaweed. So by combining them, you're putting iodine back into the salt without using a chemical potassium iodate. Um, so we we just combined the two together and we put it in a pack and it was like a cranky picture of me like this, you know. Selling <laughs> it was really like I look back at it and I go, oh my gosh. We sold 400, 500 gram packs within less than a week. Wow. So we then went, oh, they just don't want the information. They want us to do it. So then we started a line of food. Anything that was to do with the book and that we talked about, we bought in. So there's 52 chapters in the book. So we just started to bring in the foods that were, were part of it or started to show them how to make those foods with the single ingredients. Um, and, and so that was, that was doing really, really well. We were, we were doing well. 
And I went to Europe um, to a conference and I was speaking at a conference and another lady was speaking at the conference and um, she had written a book called Manifesting Matisse and it was a 10 steps to manifesting. And I bought that book and I decided that I um, wanted to grow the business. So I did anything, everything about manifesting on growing the business. And I did a leap of faith, which is what she says, do a leap of faith. And mm. then you have to surrender, just surrender and let the universe give it to you. Exactly like what Howard and I did when we put that goal down back in 1992 and, and hit it in the year 2000. So I put my goal down. I knew exactly what I want. It was a leap of faith. I knew the income I wanted and it happened very, very quickly. And I went, oh, well, that works. Maybe I better make it bigger, you know? So I made the figure really big. Like I, I really put it big. And I'm talking about a weekly figure in lots of thousands. I really put it out there. So, and then something happened. I was starting to get sick. I was getting um, aches and pains. I was getting um, tightness in my throat. I was putting weight on. So I'm somebody who eats well. I do everything right. I turned 52. This is all happening. And someone said, oh, it's menopause, Cindy. I went, no, 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 I'm not putting up with that. I'm not doing that. And by fate or universal throwing me in the way, I went to a talk and it was um, this lady talking about a protocol. And I'm listening to it and it's totally against my principles. It's calorie counting and it's no fat. And that was totally against my principles. But as I'm listening to her, I'm thinking, well, this is actually evolutionary. This is what would have happened when no food was around um, in evolutionary times. This is what we would have had to survive on and we would have had to survive. So I started to kind of go, maybe I'll give it a go. So I did it. It was mind blowing and, and it was also body blowing. So I lost nine kilos in three weeks. I, all my aches and pains disappeared. My brain clicked in, like I, I'm almost, um, you know, to the point where I'm thinking I'm one with the universe. It was, it was incredible what happened mm -hmm. to my brain. So now I can tell you exactly what happened. I went into a state of ketosis, um, yeah. brain metabolism changes, my fat was being metabolized. So I understand the science behind it now, but you know, at the time I didn't understand that at all. I had no understanding of that, but I was so excited by it. I said to the girl, I said, I want to put your program on my um, changing habits website. And she said, oh, Cindy, I'm not, I'm not even ready for that. So I went into a frenzy and I decided I can do it. I don't agree with the whole program. I agree with it. This, I've changed it. I'll do this. I'll do it. Went into a frenzy. By the April, um, I put July 31st, I was going to make this income. So this was in the April. I'd finished writing the program. We put it out to our, um, our members and um, it was phenomenal, the uptake. And I kept saying to my husband, like, I'm like going, oh my gosh, we've never done this in a week. This is just, this is just crazy. And, and that was it. We never, ever went under that amount again. And we just grew and grew and grew. And I, I put that to, I threw to the universe that I wanted to make more money so I could help more people because yeah. I was playing small, like really, really mm -hmm. small. And I didn't want to play small. People needed this information. And so I, I just said, if I can make my business better, then I can get to more people. I can reach more people. And then because of that, um, we realized wheat was an issue. So we created the documentary, What's With Wheat? That got on Netflix. 
Um, my husband just gave me a budget. He said, here's your budget, do what you want. Um, I traveled the world and had a good time then. <laughs> <laughs> Met people, you know, Vandana Shiva, um, Stephanie Seneff, um, you know, these are probably people, these um, people in the finance world might not know about, but in the health yeah. world, these are huge names. Huge so names. I, um, I did that and yeah, and I just guess now we've narrowed our business down. We've actually, we grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, we're employing um, lots of people, um, but we had um, not kept our focus on what was doing the best thing for us. Yeah. So we, you, I, mean, I was asked about how many SKUs do we have? Well, our SKUs were up to uh, 700 and something. And wow. now we're, I'm, I'm well sure we're under the 100 now because yeah. we had one big seller and that big seller brought everybody to us. And um, it was the thing that changed people's lives and it made them want to help other people. So they wanted to create, they wanted more education. So the book wasn't enough. So we educated them. I created the, the Nutrition Academy. I do a 12 month program. And so now I train the trainer basically. Yes. So I'm teaching people to have the knowledge I've got so they can go out and not only help themselves, but their family and if they want to help their community their community and we have some incredible graduates doing amazing things i just i'm right. i just cry every time i see what they're doing and who they're affecting so yeah well, that's, and um, that's yeah that's a powerful way to then you know pay it forward and magnify your message and that that passion you know teach others to teach others and and it, it you know no matter what happens with you that knock-on effect you know that pay it forward effect uh, affects the world in significant ways, which is which is amazing. With your business growth, uh, I'd be curious to hear from you. You know, um, to share a couple of lessons. Maybe one of the lessons in there was, you know, don't uh, spread your focus too wide. Maybe keep it on on the things that have the most impact. Are there one or two other lessons you could share with people listening in. You know, in that sort of space. You know, over that. What has it been now? 20, 20 odd years, 15 odd years? Oh, in, in... since Howard joined me, we're probably looking yeah. around the 10 year. Yeah. Yeah, 10 so years since Howard joined. Yep. The book and the cookbook and me, and then yep. Howie joining me and, and this all happening. Um, manifest big, dream big. Yes. I think that that's a really big thing is that if you're, if when, you're when, not- Let me ask you a quick question yeah. for that. Let me ask you a quick when did you When did you realize that you were playing too small. Like, when did that come? Because was there any ever this little sort of voice in the back of your head going, "Oh no, don't be so, don't be so full of it. Don't be this. Don't be that." Like, did did you have any of that sort of tall poppy voice in the back of your head? When, when did you realise you're playing too small? And oh. when were you brave enough to say that out loud? Uh, I think when I was about nineteen, really, I had a lady say to me, "You're a smart girl, Cindy. What are you doing in a town like this?" And that was mm. Bendigo. Um, and yeah. she actually was the one that suggested I go to the University of Colorado. Yeah. Fantastic. So it was her that, you know, that was a, a giant leap for me to go to America and go to university over there. Um, so that would have been the first time. And another time I'm speaking at a, a conference, um, there's probably about 120 people in the room and they were called the Happy Slimmers. And I started to talk about <laughs> McDonald's hamburgers and that if you put a McDonald's hamburger and you just put it on a shelf and leave it there for two years, and if you spray it with water and put it in the microwave, you can eat it, and which you can. Um, it's, this Horrifying. Is 
Yeah, it's because it's a very preserved food and it's made yeah. up of all sorts of chemicals. It's not really a food. And people started um, walking out and just saying, I've heard enough. This is wrong. And, you know, it was, it was, I went, oh. And that I was going to quit. I was going to quit everything that day. And the universe said to me, no, you're not quitting, Cindy. And in front of me at the grocery store, as I was picking up groceries to go home and, and cook, and I was on the verge of tears while I was speaking. Um, I Thank goodness I held my tears until I got in the car. But I had to go pick up food for, um, for the family. And so as I was doing that, I ran into Lisa Curry's. Um, and I don't know if people know who Lisa is now, but... Um, you know, back in that day, she was back, a very... Back in our day, back in our day. <laughs> yeah, in back in our day. You know, you ask the young people, they go, who? Um, but, you know, back in our day, um, she was quite famous. And I ran into her, um, I guess she was her, her secretary, receptionist or something. And I ran into her and I told her what happened. And so she told Lisa, and I knew Lisa because our kids played together. She told Lisa. Lisa then um, told um, this seminar creator, um what had happened he rang me and he just said and by the way seminar tickets were five grand each and he rang me up and he said I've just heard what's happened to you no way is that we're not going to put up with this he said I've got two tickets for you and your husband I want you to come I want you to learn from the best and so it was almost like I kept getting these taps every time mm. I'd say I'm going to quit um I, I'd get a tap and another tap and another tap so it wasn't one thing it was many taps every time I wanted to quit there'd be something tapping me to to go forward again so uh, that's all I can say it's just tap after tap yeah. and they keep happening I keep getting taps yeah. like I sometimes go I just want to go up on my farm and be a farmer and um, live <laughs> on my farm and have a good time <laughs> like travel the world and have a good time this is live on the farm and have a good time you know yeah 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 I, and well, um, I, do, I just just want to do that, but then I read something and I go, "Oh, no! The world needs to know about this," and I write another article. Yeah, the story's not over yet for Cindy Amira, not by a long shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, the universe and certainly our world needs needs what you're what you're teaching. That's for sure. Um, uh, you, you know, um, is it intentional for you guys to potentially be handing the business on uh, intergenerational, or um, you know, is is Brogan? Um, choosing that of his own own devices, I know. You know, um, I, I have fantasies of that with my kids, and it, they've shown no interest at this point in time. But maybe they will in the future. How how's that sit for you? With Brogan in the farm, um, he just wants to buy bigger and more farms, and he wants to buy junk farms, farms that have got n no worth to them, and he wants to regenerate them. Regenerate he, them. Yeah, he yeah. has a real passion for that. He has often talked about taking over changing habits but I think his love is not in in the office his love yep. is in um, making the ground better the ecology of the soil better sequestering carbon um, holding water having clean water runoff not like I'm looking at the Malula River at the moment it's it's yeah. brown and that is because of farming practices that is because the topsoil is being thrown out and put into the ocean and if people mm. don't start changing, then um, we're not going to have a topsoil to farm with. So he has that same passion as me, that understanding of what we're doing to planet Earth, you know, our beautiful Earth, not world politics, planet Earth. And that yeah. to me, it is an incredible place. Um, you just have to travel Australia, as we talked about, and you will see the, the beauty of this Earth. 
So I think that's where his love is. And I have a feeling that that's what he'll do. He'll do. I have um, another daughter who's a nutritionist, another daughter who's a chiropractor. I have a daughter-in-law who's a nutritionist and a son-in-law who's a chiropractor. So the likelihood of them taking over changing habits is there, um, but not in the near future. We'll see. Yeah. Um, my nutritionist daughter has decided that she wants to travel the world and have a good time. And she's moving to Barcelona to become a chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Follow her mum and dad's footsteps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, And she wants to do that in October. Um, I have a little bit of fear in that. But then I also have, I have to trust. I have to trust the universe yes. that um, it knows the best thing for her. And that will be the best place for her to be. And um, something magnificent will happen there for her. You know, it's, 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 I just, I have to trust that anything that happens, I go, you know what, this is what's, what's meant to be happening, you know? And, and I, I wake up every morning at the moment and it's like being in a Netflix episode, you know, what's going to happen <laughs> in the world today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. yeah it's... it's like being in your own Netflix episode. You know, you read the paper and you go, because I always, re I'm, I do the crossword. That's the only reason I would even open the paper. <laughs> but as you're getting the paper, you see the front page. You can't help but see it. See it. And I just, I laugh. I, I have mm -hmm. to laugh at the, mm -hmm. the front pages. They're just, just, uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'm I, in my own little episode I, of Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I love a good Netflix documentary. So uh, uh, yeah, no, that's where I started. I gave up uh, the the mainstream media many years ago, and it was one of the oh, things yeah. that uh, I decided I was never going to participate in again. <laughs> yeah, I, there's many other people who let me know what's going on. So that's uh, that's interesting. One one thing, just quick question. Um, you know, you said uh, uh, I think one of the facts, and I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, Steve and his family were one of the largest private um, landowners in Australia, you know, making and protecting vast tracts of land across Australia, which was inspiring. I actually cried the day he passed away. I, 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 was, I was so devastated. I thought the guy was, was amazing. Um, and, um, and, and what but, you saw um, was who he was. Yeah. He I was no that. different. He would come around to our mm. house and he'd see a lizard and my little, my kids were little at the time and he'd see a lizard <laughs> and, and like, it's not a crocodile, it's a lizard, but he'd act like it was a crocodile with the kids. And he was, he was a beautiful man. And Amazing. his heart was always in the right place. Um, if anybody um, criticized him, it hurt, it hurt. Mm. But mm. you would never say that he was somebody that um, wasn't there to, to help animals and help the planet. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, think of one lesson that I certainly take from Steve is be who you are. You know, the more genuine, the more authentic you can be. Um, you know, the world can take it or leave it, but just just be who you need to be. Um, certainly, it brings me to the question about you know your faculty members that you surround yourself with have done and and are doing now. You know, who are the key people? You know, influencing your life over the years. Um, you know, you can share with people listening in because because I, I always say this like it's not it's not like Frank Sinatra Frank's it's not like a Frank Sinatra song life like you know I did it my way you know and no one else you know was involved I, I believe you keep saying it the universe people around you are you know hey Cindy you know the universe needs you stay on track so yeah, yeah. can you share something for for us of that uh, mentors um, well when I did what's with wheat 
I rang all my mentors to see if they would be mm. in my, my documentary. And, and that was when my love was, was about well, what's wrong with wheat? Why was I having a problem with wheat? Why was that causing all my aches and pains and migraines and everything else that I was getting? So as soon as I stopped eating wheat, it just vanished. It was like overnight, everything just vanished. Um, so I then see, searched out experts that would help me. So I keep searching out experts and um, these were the experts that I, I looked up to and I wanted to interview. I still do the same today. I, I surround, like if, if I was to say I surround myself with people that are like-minded, um, I definitely do. Um, but I also have to look on the periphery of, of people that don't know me, but I need to know from them. I need to learn from yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and, and I've done that a lot in this last 12 months, understanding the immune system, understanding vaccinations, understanding viruses. You know, I want to know what is this all about? And so I have mentors now that are very different than the mentors I had in 2015 and 2016 when I was doing the wheat documentary. If I want to do financial things and I have different mentors for that but as far as the people around me it's my family it, it's my family um and it's my long la lasting friends and one of them is listening to us right now you know those <laughs> are the people I know I can call him and he's got my back yes. I yes. know that I can call him and I'll be upset about something or and and we would just talk it through or um and there's that whole group of guys that he was part of that you know, I know that they were part of a big part of my life. And then, um, you know, I have very, very close girlfriends. I, you know, I have a, a very good friend. I don't, have you interviewed Kim? Yeah. There? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, Kim's my soul sister. My, my sister died and she walked into my life basically mm -hmm. and became, mm -hmm. you know, my sister. And I can honestly tell you, I have unconditional love for that girl. She can't do anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she like nothing nothing that she does can be wrong i don't know it's and i think that unconditional love is really important in a friendship yeah. um so and then of course karen smith who i did up for a chat with so these are people that we think the same and i i feel like because you've got you're thinking in this zone and the zone is that zero um, what do they call it, zero point zone, where everything goes up there and attracts what you're thinking. So that's manifesting. You know, if you're thinking bad things and you'll manifest bad things, but if you're thinking good things and you're going to manifest good things, and you're also going to manifest the people that are, are going to support what you're doing. And if, then, if people aren't supporting what you're doing, um, there might be, you might see them a bit less. So I, I have this one friend and I thought she, he thought the same way as me. And so I sent him this thing um, and, and it's a, a lady that's done probably 40,000 hours of work on vaccines. She knows mm. vaccines. And so he was questioning the whole vaccine thing and I went, oh, I'll just send you this. So I sent it to him and oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it was like, he just went, I cannot believe you believe this stuff. This is just crap. You know, it's like, you, you just if he if she's right, then you know I'll bite my tongue, but she won't be right. And I went, oh, okay. So I don't speak about that with him. I still swim with him. I still do breath work with him. Um, I still have coffee with him, but I never bring up conversations like that. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, you still you soon learn what you can. I, I like the people that I can talk to that 
I can talk about anything to them and anything. they're not going yeah. to, I can talk about past lives if that's what I want to talk about. I can talk and they're not going to think I'm a fruit loop or, um, <laughs> you know, I can talk about conspiracy theories. What do you think about that? You know, um, because I'm interested. You, you heard at the beginning, I'm an inquiring mind. Yes. So but it I'm sounds like curiosity has to... been part of your whole life philosophy, really, at the end of the day, yeah. isn't it? Like self-learning and curiosity, reading books, finding out. Yeah, I want to I wanna know, you know, like at the moment I'm reading a book called um, Why We Change and 10 Reasons Why We Don't, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm reading what he's saying. He's an interesting author and, an, and, you know, he's a, I think he's a psychiatrist or he was, and now he has an incredible centre in, in America. Um, it helps with addiction and food addiction is one of them. And I'm, I'm like going, people do the, the pro, my program and they know the benefits. They feel incredible. And then they go back to where they were before they started the program. What is the point? Yeah. Yeah. You're delusional, delusional. So I'm trying to go, why do people do this? Feel incredible. No. And I know how incredible I felt. How do they feel this incredible? And then go back to the way they want they were doing and feel the way they were feeling and wonder why they haven't changed. You know, it's like insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Well, here you are, you've changed, and then you've gone back to your old ways. So I want to know what are the 10 reasons why these people won't change? And it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So that's one of the books I'm reading. And the other one I'm reading is Pharma, the, mm-hmm. the drugging of America. Um, and it's I love history, and so it's the history of um when the pharmaceutical companies own um, all that, they're only, their five prescriptions were heroin, opium, <laughs> marijuana, yes. alcohol, and more, uh, what was it? Uh, heroin. What are all the illicit drugs at the moment? I'm missing one. Opium, opium, I said, morphine, um, marijuana, alcohol. Speed. There was one more. Anyway, there's one Speed. more. Some, yeah. Can't remember Speed. the name. Sorry? Speed or MDMA or heroin or no, no no heroin heroin's in that one anyway it's these and that was it that was their that was their toolkit funny huh yeah and and I like and this was just not even a hundred years ago that this is what was happening well it was just over a hundred years ago um and so I'm just at that history point and I want to know the history of well where they are right now compared to where they were before and yeah. what do, what do I have to do in order to understand them I want to understand. What, why they think the way they think, because it's very different to the way I think. Because I'm very vitalistic in my way of thinking that um, I look at the whole person, not just the heart. I look at the whole person, not just what you're thinking. I wanna know your lifestyle. I wanna know your connections, your um, movements, your how much sun you get, your sleeping, what food you're consuming. So I'm very vitalistic in my approach. I'm not mechanistic in any way. And um, when we look at medicine, it's very what we call allopathic. So allo meaning um, all and pathic meaning passive. So all passive. So you go to somebody to take something, to take something away. You don't have to do anything. You just get a diagnosis and diagnosis means two people who don't know. You just get a diagnosis um, and then you get a treatment and the treatment means we're treating your mind, nothing else. Treatment, treating the mind. So, um, and they give a, a, a drug. So I... I'm very much um, alternative in my thinking, but more in a vitalistic way. So I'm not going to give you an alternative. I'm not going to give you a a supplement. I want to look at your whole lifestyle, everything that's happening in your life and your financial position as well, you know, because 
How can you be the best person that you can be and play as big as you can play when you've got no no money in order to do this? Yeah. So it's a holistic type of thing that we have to look at. Um, We just can't, we just can't look at one thing. It's not one dimensional. It's it's interconnected and, and, you know, you're sort of alluding to that as well for me, like finding that I can help people in my world, help them, you know, invest in real estate or create a bit more wealth. The mechanics of that is actually pretty straightforward. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's no secret. Um, however, the emotional and mental process that someone brings to it can, can make it amazing or can make it a disaster, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure that's what you're alluding to with nutrition and feeling well and sort of, oh, wow, I feel amazing. You know, no problem. Next week, I'll go back to uh, some cigarettes, chocolate and, you know, wine and, you know, my bad habits. But uh, yeah, it's, it's always fascinated me. I, I think I was chatting with our good friend, Marcus, who's listening in. I was, uh, we, we were talking about um, when I was a child, I actually realized I, I had very conscious thoughts that, I, gee, I'm, I'm really different to everyone around here. I grew up in the country where alcohol, drugs, cigarettes like like this stuff was just like everyone woke up and it was on that's what happened and i and that was not me it was like why am i different to all these people you know and um i think uh you and i might share a little bit of that universe nudging us in in directions for bigger and better things whatever they might be so um uh, it's been uh yeah it's been interesting what um actually, you know what for you right now is oh i was gonna say sorry, buddy, go. what you should say about that because I have a friend who's a policewoman in Mount Isa mm. and she tells me the problems that are happening with the Australian Aboriginal people. And I said, are there no good ones? And she said, no, the good ones leave, Cindy. They have mm. to leave, otherwise they mm. will be part of the alcohol scene and the, the violent scene. She said, this is what's happening is that they're realising they cannot stay with their people. And there are, and, and I know that in families with what's going on in the world, there is segregation. But you have to do the best for what is best for you and your children. Whether your parents are lagging behind, like I was talking to a young girl, she's incredible. She's in her 20s. This this coronavirus didn't stop her. She was creating, um, breathing. She was doing Wim Hof um, online. She was creating seminars and webinars. And, oh, my gosh, she was incredible. And I said to her the other day, I said, what about your parents? How are they seeing this whole thing? And she said, they're back in the dark ages. I, I, can't, mm. I can't change them. They're, they're staying snug in their home, waiting for the storm to pass, yeah. waiting for the miracle. It's, that, uh, it's that passive or active um, participation in your own future, huh? like, you know, passively waiting for someone else to come along or, you know, actively participating in, you know, one step in front of the other. I remember... Um, Marcus always laughs when I say this, but it was a Facebook meme or something. Anyway, you know, um, it uh, it sort of says, well, while you pray, you should move your feet. Um, it's uh, it's pretty important because just praying <laughs> is not going to do anything. You've got to keep moving as you go, whatever that might mean to somebody. You know, if you're it's manifesting, action. it's yeah, it, yeah, it's, it, action is part of that process. Yeah. You know, action yeah. is part yeah. of those steps. You cannot do it yeah. without action. You've got to, you know, you, you you can't sit at home and meditate and expect those things to come to you. That's part of it, but you have mm. to put action. You have to go and buy the house, don't you, Jason? Yeah, you've got <laughs> you to do it. You have to put your money on the line. <laughs> I, I just got to tell you this. I remember back in the 98, um, 
a friend of mine came to me and she said, oh, I found this duplex Cindy for 180,000. So two units, three bedroom units on the beach for 180,000. She said, and she knew that we bought real estate. So she said, what do you think? And I said, yes, get it. You live in one get side on and, you know, go for it, go for it. Oh, she didn't. And here she is, still hasn't bought any real estate. And this, that's 1998. You know, that was 23, four years ago. Imagine what that yeah, real estate is worth right now. <laughs> you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to check in on its value now. You'd be like, no. <laughs> it's probably... A million of a unit. I don't know. I don't know what it's worth at the moment, but 180,000. Sunny coast. Yeah, yeah. This is the sunny coast. <laughs> well, you know, your, you know, your true calling about educating, you know, um, that revolution that you're, you're only just getting started on by the sounds of things, you know, what's, what's in the, what's the next part? Where, where's the next bits for, for Cindy Amira and, and, uh, you know, what you're looking to do. You're, you're going to hide away at the farm or you're going to uh, continue to, to roll this out? Is, is part of your vision now magnifying that with sharing that message so others can teach others? So that, that's probably what I'm, 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 sorry, yeah. I'm asking. Yeah. My main thing um, is my family and yeah. my kids and my grandchildren and growing food for them, having security for them, that's my main aim. Um, and I have to tell you that. But I have a husband, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Budget. Um, he's going, when are you going to make money on the farm? You know, when are you going to make money on the farm? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a good educator. So I'm going to, we're doing syntropic farming here. We do regenerative farming. Um, we grow a lot of food. So um, I'm, <laughs> I'm building a, um, a shed. And from that shed, we'll do education um, nice. at the distillery too. I'm thinking about um, <laughs> just quietly. <laughs> um, that'll it. keep the husband happy. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I I am about it is about my family. There's nothing else. But I have a husband who drives me, and I have to say that because I'm happy. Um, I'm happy educating. I'm happy on the farm. I'm happy doing those things. But he pushes. Me. <laughs> um, and I have to say that because otherwise I probably just would have fun on here and not realise the, you know, what I spend on the farm. <laughs> well, I think, I think that probably just shows a little bit of value for me, you know, and, and what you're saying, maybe directly or indirectly, that, you know, there's value in, in partnerships, whether they be life partnerships or friends or business or whatever it might be. We we get to, to live in that comfort and, and not necessarily the same sometimes, but, you know, differences, but common values and common common outcomes and common ideals, which um, sounds like you guys share in droves by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, one, nothing, one nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with looking yeah, after yeah. your family. Both yeah. drive each other fatty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but in, in all seriousness, I've always been about, it's, it's about my education, it's about me then being the best person I can be so that I can be the best mother that I can be. And now it's about me being... Um, the matriarch i want to be an incredible matriarch i i did mm. a um, guy lawrence um sorry good pet owner too yeah yep. pet owner yep. <laughs> not mine oh. i think i'll start again i i just i went to a um a guy lawrence and matt omo um omo i think it is um four-day retreat in uki ukai all these names, I don't know. Um, I think it's down, Ukai. Down I think, in, yeah. 
northern New South yeah. Wales. They're not Queenslanders. Anyway, I went down there and um, I did a sound healing and um, breath work. And what I saw in a, I said to him, I said, you took me on the best ride of my life. That was, that was just brilliant. But what I did see was that, and I don't know if people believe in this stuff, but this is what I saw. I saw all my past lives. I died quite young mm. and I hadn't finished what I wanted to do on the planet. Um, and this life I saw me with grandchildren and great grandchildren and a matriarch. And that's all I can wish for is to be the matriarch of a family that I can um, keep safe, um, feed, um, health, keep, him, keep them healthy, um, give them the chances in life that lots of other people don't get those chances, maybe give chances to other people that want to work on the farm. Uh, I don't know. That, I, I guess that's if you weren't going to ask me, this is what I wanted, this is what I want. Mm. Yeah, that la that lands for me. I I did um, a podcast with Dr. Arna Rubenstein. I don't know if you know him. Um, if you ever want to sort of check out a little bit of his work, and he talks about rites of passage, um, and I connected with him on rites of passage with young uh, young men and young women. You know, mm -hmm. from from you know teenage years into young adulthood. But uh, he's been doing a lot of work of recent times in rites of passage from being adults, parents, uh, and then. The rite of passage after um, our children leave home, and and who and what do we become? Um, because in many of our um, societies around the world, certainly the Western ones, there's this disposable ageism. Like you know, when people get old, we just hide them away and put them somewhere else, and they're then they're of not any value anymore. And and that's insane. Where you know um, a lot of traditional cultures held the matriarch and. Uh, and the wisdom up it's that we're meant to give back and we're meant to do something really important for our families and our society and i love hearing you say that that that's uh, that lands for me it lands for me certainly mm -hmm. that's wonderful well uh are you ready for a couple of rapid fire questions i've got a few more and then i've oh, there's always one question i ask everyone so we'll leave that one to the end but uh you mentioned a book that you are reading your current book and you say that one again I am reading Why We Change and 10 Reasons Why We Don't Change. Mm, I might track that one down. I'd, I'd love to hear that one. I'd love to read that one. Favourite movie. What's your favourite movie of all time? Do you have one or that you can refine or is there a few? Oh, favourite movie. <laughs> Sound of Music. <laughs> <laughs> always always like a good musical. That, that was the <laughs> very first movie I saw in a movie theatre. <laughs> Yes, that's great. <laughs> um, like, let me. What what movie? I think it's more documentaries more than movies mm. that I mm. um, that have really changed my way of thinking. And I think I'm more a book person that changes. Yeah, I, I'm probably more a book. And I would say um, it would have been Mutant Messages Down Under. Would have been if that was put into a movie. That would have been my yep. favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. Well, someone listening in, turn that into a movie. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, favorite overseas destination you're missing right now? If you could click the Dorothy Hills or something, you'd go to where would you go? So easy, Namibia, Namibia? Africa, Namibia. Really? I want to hike um, the um, Brandberg um, National Park. It's a nice. huge monolith, and I want to hike it. It's a three-day hike. So that's what I'm missing. I've been to Namibia twice. I just want to go back. 
Yeah. Sounds awesome. Maybe maybe let me know when you're going if you want some company. I'd love to do some hiking yeah. on a big model. Okay. I, lo- I yeah. like rocks. I like rocks a lot. <laughs> uh, what food, what's one food you co- you couldn't live without? Um, sweet potato. Sweet potato. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Nice and, nice and grounding. Um, you a morning person or a night owl? Morning. Morning. Yeah, I'm a Four night owl. Morning. Really, four thirty. My wife gets up at four thirty every morning. She she loves it. No one bugs her for two hours, That's and I'm right. like, awesome, awesome, darling. You don't need anything from me. I can sleep in. Brilliant. <laughs> well, I write my I write my book between four thirty and six thirty. Um, I love that. My morning routine is really important to me. So four thirty. Yep. Nice, nice. Um, homegrown or uh, certified organic? That's probably a trick question. Um, for my food. Yeah. Homegrown. Always homegrown. <laughs> I grow a lot of food. I can I can live up here um, and live off all, all my food. I, I, I'll nice. probably be fine for years. I've got a uh, I've got a plan. It's a, it's I've got the land now. I think you know I bought a hundred acres down um, at Bangalore near near Byron there. So um, when I'm ready to move and, and live off the land, I'm going to come visit. You got to give me some uh, give me some teachings. <laughs> I love and uh, last but not least, beef or lamb? Where 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 does it land for you? Do 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 you um I think lamb. Co- cultivate your own? Um... I actually don't. Lamb is not yeah. what I have because of the land. We we, we have tick country, so uh-huh. cattle is is far better, and we regenerate the land using the cattle. I'd like to get some sheep in, some dorpers that drop their own, but um, I'll I'll wait and see that I can do that in tick country. Yeah. Nice. And uh, the last question, um, Cindy Amiria, what is the true meaning of wealth to you? Family. Family. Happy, safe, nourished. Yeah, that would be my wealth. Well said. Well said. Well, Cindy, thank you for joining me on the podcast. It has been an amazing conversation. Really appreciate your time. And I know everyone listening would have enjoyed it too. So thank you. Thanks, Jason. Hey, thanks for joining us on The Wealth Faculty. Hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe. We're all good podcasts are found. You can find us there. And if you want to watch it, you can subscribe on YouTube, Positive Mentor TV. And until the next episode, take care. Bye for now.